Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? I'm doing okay. Good, I'm good. I'm doing worse than I was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this is take two of this episode of the podcast. This is exactly take two, or should I say take three, I guess, if I'm being exact, of this uh, of this podcast. <laughs> 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 so we uh so we recorded this yesterday got like 55 minutes through and then my computer just decided to die yeah so that was good fun so we lost all of the recording uh, but i was unable to save it and by that time it was very late in the day and i had to be up for work for six in the morning and then um yeah recording it now yeah, so apologies once again for for a late episode, but oh, I just I just don't think winter is our time at all. Things always it go really wrong in the isn't. winter. Yeah, they do, and I mean, we like yeah, the irregular upload times have been a common theme for us recently. So. Yeah, we do apologize, <laughs> and we will be better. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah, try. I mean, this this stuff's still getting out there, so it could be worse. It's not like we're just not doing the podcast. Yeah, that is true. It's just turning up some time. So, how has your week been then? Oh, just uh, just I'm surviving. You know, yeah, I'm yeah, just. I feel you. I'm trying try, try to get through it. I'm working a lot at the minute. I'm currently doing like sixty-hour weeks. Oof. So, um, isn't capitalism just a gift that keeps on giving? <laughs> it's one way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, like the the hours I'm doing, I can like they're, they're, they're choices I've made, right? Yeah. Like I could choose not to do that and be okay, but I just sort of need the extra money a bit. So I'm doing like I've worked six till six till half two today. So that's been been good fun I was yeah, up early this morning yeah and now on, obviously on Wednesdays and Fridays I'm working 4 to 11 so it means that this Wednesday I'll be doing 6 till probably about 3 and then 4 to 11 nice it's very nice yeah I love, quite a long shift I love my life <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it facilitates a lot of things it facilitated me buying the uh, Bit of Blossom Dream secret lair so there's that yeah it's exciting. I decided just to buy the bullet on that because I know I said last week I was just going to buy the five color one, but then they announced that there were going to be stained glass foil planeswalkers in them. Yeah, not so that was exciting. <laughs> so I was like, I should probably get two. I want two. Yeah, I think Definitely that that was the real decision. deciding factor for me. Really, when I had sat and thought about like the bundle for like a week, and it was just wrecking my brain, and just I just couldn't decide. It was like I don't, all, all my pretty much all of the cards are really cool, but I don't really want them, and I don't really need them, and it's probably a fairly easy way to make some money in the, you know, the mid to long term, but I don't know. And then, yeah, it was uh, Eric Froelich was, was first on Twitter, taking some, some photos of the ones he was opening, and there was a stained glass of Planeswalker in each one of them. Yeah, just like, seems like a random one per, per one, it's been confirmed that they're in the individual ones, not just the bundle one. Yeah. So, yeah, you get a free... I mean, it could be, like, uh, a Hwatley. Yeah, you, you could just get, like, seven Hwatleys. Which is <laughs> not good. Or you could get, like, a Nicolvalis or a Liliana, which yeah. are very, very good. So I'll have to see which ones I get, but I think that tipped me over the edge. Like, I kind of wanted a Bit of Blossom one. Like, I wanted a Bit of Blossom for a while. Um, unfortunately, it's cost me a lot more than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once you add on the, the postage, is $15. 
and the there's like a, a tax. There's like ten dollars or something like, as well. Yeah, because they they said that like oh these countries are exempt from tax and customs charges. Yeah, which um, it seemed to be that that was the case on the bundle. There was no tax to pay on the bundle. Oh really? I guess it's maybe the price, like over a certain amount of money. Yeah, maybe. quite possibly. I don't know how like the VAT and stuff works in the states. To be honest with you, <laughs> so, I mean I barely know how it works here. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, like it ended up costing fifty five dollars instead of thirty in total, but. Uh, uh, it's done now. I can, you know, sweat all night about whether it's actually a good decision or not, <laughs> but it's happened, so... Yeah, that'll be great. You'll, you'll just get, like, like a Narset, and then you can sell it for, like, 50 quid. No, we've agreed. If, if I get a Narset, I just give it to you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the agreement. Yeah, that's official. Okay. We'll clip that. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, uh, then again, that was before you were definitely going to buy the bundle. So yeah. now that you bought the bundle, you might get a Narset yourself. If you get a Narset, you can't have it. If you don't get a Narset, you can have one if I open one. Sure. Awesome. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, but yeah, other than that, I have played uh, No Magic, obviously, because I work a lot. Yeah. Uh, but we did manage to fire our first Pioneer FNM. Yeah, sweet. How did that go? Um, we got eight players. Cool. That's, that's better than not eight. Yeah, but we nearly didn't have eight players. We had uh, we have three players oh, well, <laughs> who, turned, who turned up and were like really excited to play Pioneer. Yeah. Just, oh, sweet, okay, we'll, we'll try and fight this thing because that'd be great because I don't want these people to miss out on playing a Pioneer FNM. And there were like people around who had decks together who were like, you know, the kind of people that are like, oh, well, if it fires, I'll play. Yeah, yeah, if so, it fires, I'll play, but now I'm in the middle of a commander game and I, uh, I don't know if I'll play. Oh, there's seven people. Oh, okay, sure, just let me finish this commander game first. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well. <laughs> all those feels like sort of had to kind of grovel with people to be like, oh, please, just just come on. And they were like, oh, we just want to jam some games. I'm like, well, can I interest you in jamming like, I don't know, roughly 12 games? <laughs> and you pay for the privilege and maybe win some booster packs at the end. <laughs> that would be really useful. But we got we got managed to fire it. Like, there was some sweet decks. There was a uh, mono blue Nexus of Fate deck. Nice. But I think the person playing it was like, this isn't very good, but it's really, really fun. Playing like Jace's Sanctum. And the win condition was Jace Unraveler of Mysteries. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. That was really fun. Sweet. It's just guys, just guys, deck. All sorts of stuff. So that was really cool. So we got that to fire. Um, and I guess we'll touch on Pioneer probably yeah, fairly definitely. soon. I guess that's the the hidden upside to everything going wrong last night is that we, we <laughs> yeah. did get to talk about some Pioneer changes today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but before that, how was how was your week been? Yeah, it was it was mostly fine. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of Magic, but I've been playing a bit on Arena again, just getting that grind on. Um, yeah, but Esper Dance is still just not a very good deck. I just keep playing as the cat food deck and it's got a really bad matchup against that and it just that deck just feels so obnoxious to play against and I don't know. I've done that thing where I've managed to convince myself that oh it's it's like currently day three of this of the new arena season and I'm in like gold rank one, so maybe I can get to Mythic, but I know it's not gonna happen really. You think the Cat Food deck's more obnoxious than the Oko deck? Like Oko decks, just in general, before the ban? Uh, I I think it feels more obnoxious, but it's certainly not as powerful. Yeah. Uh, and I think the Cat Food deck has a much better matchup against the uh, Espadance deck than the Oko deck ever did. I quite yeah, liked sure. the Oko matchup. I, thought, I didn't think it was too bad. Okay, sure. So it just feels bad. Sure. Now, when we brought this up in yesterday's episode that ended up being I guess the last episode um, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I compared this grind to Hearthstone and then we got onto a conversation about how um, 
uh, you know people aren't willing to step away from Blizzard products because you know after all the stuff that happened with uh, Hong Kong and all, all the stuff like that. Do you want to recreate that, or should we just move on? <laughs> oh, it was quite heated, so I, I think I think I'd rather not, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah but... like free Hong Kong, I get. Mm. I guess I don't know. I, yes. <laughs> sure. Okay. Fine. I'm gonna. <laughs> I guess. I guess we recreate it slightly again. Um, yeah, the political situation in in Hong Kong is very is very difficult, and I think there are there are deep conversations on on all sides of the arguments. Uh, but the the one thing that I have seen more than anything is just absolutely horrific, like just a, abuse by by the military and by the police. And I don't think anybody should be, you know, nobody should have to go through that. Depending on like no matter what your political allegiance is, like you're a human being at the end of the day. And I've, there are there are definitely lots of sides to the the whole free Hong Kong situation. But you know when, when I see protesters being beaten by by police and and you know the military and i definitely know which side i'm on and you know i i 100 solidarity with the protesters oh absolutely i mean you say no one should be treated like that unless they're like nazis yeah that is that is true be a nazi in the street that's fine yeah just in case anyone listening to this podcast still is somehow unaware of our political <laughs> opinions. We don't like Nazis very much. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I think... if, if, if it's like, if there's a situation where like, a Nazi is having a fight with a police officer, then I'm not cheering for anyone in that fight. Um, I don't know, I think, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the ethical dilemma with like the trolley, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's some people on a on a track and you've got to stop, the, you've got to direct the trolley. Yeah. I don't know, at least, um, this is going to sound not how I want it to sound. I think at least if if you're on the side of the police officer for the first time in your entire life, I imagine, then at least there's a potential for something good to come out of them, like, you know, stopping some heinous act from someone, as opposed to just the abuse of their power. Whereas if you're in the side of a Nazi, there's nothing that could come from the life of a Nazi, right? Yeah, agreed. I mean, there's a potential for police officers to do good. If it if it's down to me, we're slamming those brakes on to try and derail the train and hit them both. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cop on a Nazi on some tracks. <laughs> Speaking of derailing trains, let's <laughs> let's get back to this magic talk. Oh yeah, I think my, 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 the point I was going to make is that uh, what's he have released recently? The, the, all the Magic Esports Twitter have released a video about the MPL, yeah. just like talking about who's going to be in the MPL next year, and I thought it was interesting that they showed footage of Li Shi Tian with the scarf around his face, which yeah. I thought was very cool like that they're not just, you know, cutting that out so I don't know whether they're trying to make a political statement or not, I just think it was it was good that they didn't try and cut that out and they still put that stuff in Yeah, I agree, definitely So, on with the podcast <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, outside of Arena, I haven't been playing much, I've played a little bit of Vintage on Magic Online um just because it, it's nice to play a format where Narset is restricted. I think, yes. I think Vintage has changed so much over this year. It's it's almost unrecognisable compared to what it was like this time last year. And it's a format that I do very much still enjoy, but it, it feels like a completely different beast. I think that's true of literally every format. Yeah, I would agree. They're completely unrecognisable. And we're also going to talk about Legacy briefly Yeah. Um, in this episode. And I think just... Again, a point I made yesterday that I'd like to make sound better than I imagined the rambling that I did yesterday. Um, I think that format's just completely unrecognisable from from 12, 18 months ago. Yeah, um, quite, quite probably. It just happens to all the formats. Modern's the same. Standard, obviously, it, it's, that's the nature of the beast. But all formats just seem to be so different from where we were 
a year ago. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So, where do you want to start? Let's just dive straight into Legacy, I think. Um, there was a Grand Prix at the weekend. There was? It was GP Bologna. It was the the first and only Legacy GP of, of 2019 in Europe. Yeah, it's the first European Legacy GP there's been for 18 months, I believe. Yeah. Something around that since the last... Probably longer than that, actually. Since the last... GP in Birmingham, I believe. Yeah, that right? feels like quite a long time. Yeah, it was such a long time ago. Um, and that's the thing. That's what we're talking about. Like the the how legacy was then, where I, I, I taxing probe was legal, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, probe would have been legal then. Uh, <clears throat> Shaman would have been legal mm-hmm. then as well, I believe. Yeah. So this was when Deathrite and Kataxi probe were both legal, and obviously Modern Horizons didn't exist. A lot of set, sets didn't exist that are now supplant themselves as staples in legacy. Yeah. So it's very very different to how it was um, a year ago. Yeah. And a lot of that has been exciting. I guess recently with Ren and Six, it has been it got to a point where it was unexciting because it's just the format seemed kind of very solved and very linear. Yeah, I would but now we've got that out, and it seems like seems like things are changing, and we have some very interesting decks turning up. Yeah, definitely. So it was it was a, what you'd expect of the, of the top eight. I think really there were quite a few Delver decks in there. So you had two Bug Delver decks, one Blue Red Delver. Uh, you had one Bug Zenith Oko, uh, one Bant Miracles, one Sneak and Show, one Blue Red Dredge, and one White Eldrazi. That made it your top eight. I cannot explain to you how much I hate the deck name Bug Zenith Oko. I am fully in that camp as well. <laughs> Socks so much. Call it Bug Snowco or like Bug Snow or I don't know. Just Bug is fine, probably. Or why do, why don't you call it like Frosted Flakes? Given that all no. like the best legacy decks are named after breakfast cereal. No, they had that they had that debate on uh, Brainstorm Brewery this week, where you can call it stuff like cat food. Yeah, because that's like a fun whimsical name. It's, but it also it's makes come sense. fun circle full circle. Yeah, yeah, but it also makes sense because it is a cat deck. Because the main card in the deck is is the cat, uh, which I can't remember the name of right now. Cauldron familiar. Yeah, and yeah. a food deck. So cat food makes sense, but it's also like, oh, that's kind of funny because cat food is a thing. Whereas just like frosted flakes, be like, okay, astrolabe, I guess, but where the hell are the flakes? Uh, ice Funk Quartal is also frosted. Frosty. That's a snow. Sure. <laughs> sure. And there's sure. snow covered forests and islands and swamps. Cool. Are any of them flaked where they have dandruff? Is that your point? Uh, maybe. Uh, Oko maybe Oko. Oko has dandruff. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's a bit. Just, just call it like Bug Oko or Bug Zenith. But yeah. Bug Zenith Oko is so bad. It's not that bad. I'm complaining about something that really isn't bad. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that deck was cool. Yeah, the deck's that fantastic. There was a lot of sweet decks, and I think this is the thing. I think Oko seems to have just taken up Renin Six's mantle. Yeah, <laughs> where people are just jamming that card into decks, um, and it seems very, very good. But it doesn't seem as oppressive. I don't think. I, I think, I think Legacy is probably the format where Oko is the least oppressive, and I wouldn't worry too much about banning it yet. Um, but I, I do think that. If you look at the look at the, the data from the weekend, if you look at the planeswalkers that were played, Oko was the planeswalker that was played the most, and I think at this point it's safe to say that Oko is better than Jace the Mind Sculptor and might just be the best planeswalker ever printed. I would be inclined to agree. I think it feels very that strange given sense. that it's it's been out like exactly less than two months. Yeah, but yeah. But I think it's but I, yeah, I, I think like you, you see, so you look at the data, and 
it's it, it warped standard horrifically it's causing problems in modern it's you know it, it's reasonable it's pretty good in legacy but it's it's so good that it's surpassing Jason Mind Sculptor as, as the best planeswalker and it's also seen a pretty good amount of playing vintage as well I, th- I think it's quite safe to say Oko yeah, is I'd the agree. best planeswalker they've ever printed just wild because it seems so unassuming when we first saw it mm. it seems so it's like oh well how good is food and I guess this ability is pretty good but like they still get a 3-3 three, three, and then you just see it in practice especially in formats like Legacy and just like wow this does a lot more than we thought it did initially yeah absolutely um, but it's doing some fun stuff it's certainly doing some fun stuff there's like a there's like a natural order deck that did very well well not did very well but was there <laughs> where you're playing like it's like a bug natural order deck where you, you turn like random creatures or whatever into 3-3 three, three green elks and yeah. then sacrifice them to natural order to get the dragon order target or hornet queen yeah that's pretty cool it's very cool that's the kind of, of that. thing I, w- I want to see happen with Oko and yeah I, I guess like in Legacy as well you, you have cards like Pyroblast and Red Elemental Blast that deal with, with Oko quite nicely as well as you know everyone's favourite card Force of Will yeah there were cards that we're already seeing play that just straight up deal with it like yeah the blasts were already very good cyborg cards just generally and so if you're it's it's the same way as like when you used to see jay show up in basically every legacy deck now oko is obviously more splashable yeah and it's much easier to do in the green deck specifically but um yeah those those cards are just fine to have in the sideboard it's just sort of what you have to do um and it doesn't feel like i mean there are some games that just feel unwinnable because they land like a turn what turn two or turn three oko and it just feels like they win the game from there yeah but But at least at least you have the option in legacy to deal with it on turn two, so like if if they if they're on the play and they go like turn one, mana dork, pass, and then you can play a land, and then they go turn two Oko. At least you do have options. You have Pyroblast, you have Elemental Blast, you have Force of Will, you have Force Negation. There are ways to deal with it that aren't as available or as abundant in other formats. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a perfectly reasonable card. I think like it should have been in like in a Commander product or something or like a conspiracy set so it just went straight into legacy and vintage yeah a conspiracy set would have been quite a good place for Oko, i think really but oh well <laughs> oh well <laughs> that's i mean you know we cover it every week there's nothing else we can do but yeah. accept accept that it was a big mistake and now they can't undo it yeah there have been a lot of big mistakes there have uh, been. recently <laughs> um I keep saying it, ban 2019 from, from Magic is just, it continues to be a problem. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see the format sort of, I guess the legacy format, regardless of what's going on, even if it's like an oppressive tier one strategy, it still seems diverse. But it's nice to see it diversify in the face of the Renin 6 ban. Yeah, um, absolutely. The the fact that it it has, it, I used to, from this tournament, it looks like it's opened up so much and I don't know how much of that is because a bunch of players got their their decks banned and they had a week or you know just over a week just sort of scrambled together a different deck that they were going to play and I think a lot of the cards that were in the random six deck do play in other decks but it was just you know deciding on on how were you going to take that were you just going to play Bug Delver or were you going to go back to tried and trusted Grixis Delver and I, I think that might sort of lead to some of the, I guess, the diversity that we that we did see in this particular format, but I think the fact that Renin Six has gone, you you will definitely see the that homogenization just completely dissolve, really. 
Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, I think that's just indicative of legacy players. Yeah. Is that a lot of the time they just seem to own most of the format, or at least have access to and know a lot of players who are willing to lend out cards. And there's always stuff on the back burner, right? Yeah. Let's say your your tier one team of Delver deck gets banned, and you're just like, oh, okay, I'll just play this tier one point five deck I've already owned because it's my fun deck, and I'll yeah. play that instead. And it always seems like that happens with GPs, and people often put up results like this um, Greens and Zenith deck, just like isn't a thing. Yeah that had posted results anywhere else and wasn't really a discussion point. Uh, maybe it's the kind of thing that was on the cusp. And then Oko sort of pushed it over the edge, but it seems really, really good. Um, it's just a deck that hasn't really seen much play anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've, really I've, seen, I've seen a couple of people stream with the deck over the past week, and the deck just looks great. And it looks like the kind of deck that I would be happy to play against and would probably be happy to, to play as well. Oh, it seems really fun. It yeah. seems really fun. Um, but yes, yeah, the thing you've still got like your soldier stompy decks, soldier stompy decks turning up. Your twelve post decks turning turning up. People are still playing. Yeah, all sorts of nonsense. If you look like if you look within like the top one hundred of this tournament, which I think is is a fair a fair range to go for players that, that did well. Um, mm. You've got you've got so much. You look at like twelve post came eighteenth. Uh, obviously, you had Cyrus Corman Gill on at Nauseam Tendrils, came 23rd. Uh, mm. His fourth top 32 in the past four Legacy GPs he's played. So he's just the best Storm player at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, hands down. Definitely. Definitely the best Ant player by far. Yeah, yes. I mean, who's playing Tez? Uh, there are there are some people playing Tez. Are they just wrong? Not necessarily. Oh, Tez feels so bad. I mean, to be fair, Ant feels really, really bad until it wins. Oh, Ant feels great. <laughs> so, bad. so I'm going to cast this five mana sorcery and hope I don't die. It's a great game plan. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, it, it's a lot more than that, but yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, you had somebody who was playing playing Tez came 112, so that's that's it's not too bad, I guess. But yeah, you had like just so many interesting decks which performed so well. You had Bomberman, you had Oracle Opposition. Lands had a pretty decent showing. Hogak still there, kicking about. Um, yeah, Abzan seemed okay as well. That put up good results. Burn was in there. Urza Thopter Sword. Ninjas, you want to play Ninjas? That one did pretty well as well. Absolutely. Artifact Echoes in there. Elves, Golgari Depths. It it just continues to show that like Legacy Legacy absolutely is the format where you can you can pick a deck. You can have a real pet deck. You can learn your deck inside out and get rewarded for playing it well. Absolutely. I mean, that's been my philosophy for a while, mainly because I can't afford to get any more cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, mini Renna 6 band feels kind of bad still. I said this when it got banned. Um, and now I need to decide what I want to do with my Red Jewel lands. It's probably just move them into some drops and Okos. Yeah, quite probably. Feels the correct choice. But, yeah, honestly, it's just it's it's still so diverse. I mean, even when Renna 6 was there, like... You could still basically play whatever. It just felt like X ones were kind of unplayable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it it, it it seemed like a great like a great tournament. Um, and I guess we've got to well, first of all, we've got to obviously make note of the fact that Andrea Mangucci finally top eight the GP. It did, yeah. He made his, his very first top eight of, of a GP, and it was a, a legacy GP. Yeah, absolutely. In in his home country, I believe it was like two hours away from his actual house. Yeah, so, like that. <laughs> it's amazing. It was really really cool. Uh, it just feels weird that he hasn't top eight a GP because he just seems like he's obviously just one of the best players in the world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I, I 
I'm sure Channel Five will post the stats, and it was it was just something like like over a hundred thousand dollars like lifetime earnings from Magic, and then <laughs> like top HEPs zero. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so silly. But that's really cool. I'm really happy for him, and obviously he he seemed very very happy about it. And I also love that. Um, I think as soon as he got back from the GP, he started streaming. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, like, just great. I I honestly I don't think there's anybody who is a, a better. I guess ambassador for Magic currently. I don't think anyone loves the game as much as he does. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was like it's when you won that like Mythic Invitational, like the million dollar Mythic Invitational tournament, and yeah, there were you know, oh, what are you going to do if you're winning? So I'm going to buy some beta cards. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. He just loves Magic. It's amazing. Um, and he's obviously an incredibly good player as well, which yeah. is useful. Um, Seems to be all around good dude. Yeah, very very much so. Very much so. So it's it's I guess we also have to draw attention to the fact that this GP got sixteen hundred players in the main event. Yep, sixteen hundred players for a legacy GP main event, which I think is is a fantastic number given that you have modern and standard GPs that have really been struggling to hit a thousand players recently. Because modern and standard suck. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, I think this thing. There's a lot of reasons going into it. I think a lot of people saw that number, and it's a very very good number, and it's it's amazing to see legacy be that popular. But there's a lot of reasons that go into that. You see a lot of people being like, oh, Legacy, Legacy's not dead, Legacy's great, you should do more Legacy GPs, Legacy should be a supported format, it's it's really, really great. And it's like, well, all those things are true, you should do that, you should have Legacy GPs far more often, considering this is the first Legacy GP in, uh, the first European Legacy GP in 18 months. Yeah. Which I think has a lot to do with why 1,600 people turned up. Yeah, I definitely think it was a large, large contributing factor. Yeah, because it's the first the first major huge event for legacy in europe in that long a time and they're obviously there are events but nothing quite the scale of a gp so people are obviously excited to go out and play and i think if you put them on regularly so say you had a legacy gp in europe every three months or four months yeah. or what have you it wouldn't get that attendance regularly yeah but i also I think agree. i also think the, the the fact that standard has been unplayable um modern has been uninteresting and very much started to feel like a legacy light more than it ever has done do people just want to get out and play legacy in a format that just they, they genuinely enjoy yeah it feels like europe's a haven for legacy players yeah Especially- i think so i mean we, we don't have obviously we don't have like the, the star city series but you've got the the card market series and they always seem to do fairly well like obviously a lot smaller than 1600 in the main event but you look you look back at the the past couple, and there've always been you know two hundred, two hundred and fifty players, and I think that that's fair going for a format that it's one of the the, the least accessible formats, I, I would say. Yeah, at I think a competitive thing, level, certainly. I mean, I think there have been grassroots formats in the past. Frontier being one of them, I guess. Tiny Needers being one of them. Oathbreaker. We remember remember Oathbreaker. Yeah, I remember Oathbreaker. So that was a short one. Yeah, I, I feel I feel really. I don't know. I feel really, really bad. Like always, like saying like, time, like comparing tiny leaders to Frontier. I feel like they were just completely different things. I feel like Frontier. I mean, I've made my feelings on Frontier clear quite often on, <laughs> on this podcast. I feel like it, it. There was a lot of cynicism, but I do feel like it was a legitimate attempt to do something which Pioneer is now doing. Yeah, I but think, I, I think of- tiny leaders was. It was it was a good idea on on paper, but it was just it was solved so quickly. And when you have such a limited card pool for a format like Commander, you know, kind of like what's the point? Like just look at Brawl. This is the thing. It's like we I played in a couple of Tiny Leader FNMs. Yeah, 
about around the time where it's really popular. It's really good fun. Honestly, before the format got solved, before it was just like, you're incorrect for not playing Kaisers and Traft, then it was really good fun, honestly. Uh, I had a Sig River Cutthroat deck. Yeah. That was like, it didn't really do it, just like, that was the only, that's the only blueback general that was legal in Time Leaders at the time. Uh, and it was just like, blueback good stuff. That was really, really fun. And I had an Azuri Elves deck. Yeah. It was really good. Like, just playing that FNM was so much fun. And like, people had like an absolute blast playing it. But then as soon as it was sold, it was like, oh, what's the point anymore? Yeah, absolutely. I, I ran a couple of FNMs for it. And I, I had a deck myself. I had uh, Alicia Who Smiles at Death. Sick. And it was sweet. But yeah, like, the first the first one we did, we had like a decent amount of people turn up. And then we did one the next month, and about half of the people turned up. And then the month after mm. that, like, two people turned up. And, yeah, I think yeah, people just, just lost interest very quickly. Yeah, but like, like I said, like Oathbreaker is an example of a graphics format that seemed really good, but it's just like fallen by the wayside. Yeah. But I think Legacy has kind of become a grassroots format in a, in a way. Obviously, it's still supported by Wizards of the Coast, and it's still obviously it was in, invented by them, and it's still on the official ban list and all that stuff. But it just feels like the reason it continues to grow and continues to get um, continues to get attendance like this, and people still love the format, still create content for it. And the reason we're talking about it is just like the community is a very big factor for legacy specifically. Yeah, absolutely. In the same way that I imagine it is for old school and for vintage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I feel like I think vintage is a bit of a strange one, but I know old school definitely. It's it's a community driven format, and if Wizards of the Coast decided that legacy was no longer a supported format in any capacity, you know, tomorrow, I don't think mm-hmm. that would change, or at least have like a noticeable change on the amount of people who have legacy decks and play legacy. No, I agree. I agree. I just think I, th- I think it's it's become that now, and you can see that with sixty like sixteen hundred people turning up and yeah. people just playing all sorts of nonsense, and you can tell that people that played in that with like sort of off the wall decks have just had those off the wall decks for like four or five years and have just played them and played them and played them and they love them, um, and that's where it's, 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 it's any chance I can get to tell people to play Legacy on this podcast, I will definitely do it. Yeah, please, please strongly agree. Please play is, Legacy. It's something that I've been doing in my my local area as well. Uh, every second Saturday of every month uh, we would do an event called the Legacy Social which is a, a pub in Newcastle called the Box Social where uh, a bunch of us who play Legacy or are interested or want to play Legacy turn up to the pub play some games we can proxy whatever you want it's not a tournament setting it's just a nice casual appreciation of the format day and every time we've run wrong we've had more and more players turn up each time to the point where last time I like, I just had a, like, a couple of like just proxy like I guess half proxy decks where I wrote like the word brainstorm on the back of some basic lands. Like, it, it, you know, it, when you're playing at that level, like in a pub or in, you're in, you know, in your living room, it doesn't really matter as long as you're, as long as you're having fun. Yeah, I should turn up to one of those. That sounds really fun. Yeah, we have a long way to go to just play some casual legacy. I guess it's 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 fun though. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really fun. That's the thing. It's just like play. This is what we we do. Like we have um, a legacy FNM every month. It always fires. We always get at least eight people. Yeah, which is which is great. But it's just like every 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 day the shops open and we just get people wanting to play Legacy, trying to get more people into the format. It's great. Yeah, I think we we started doing like the Legacy social thing because none of the stores were supporting it up here. And I mean, shout out to Gathering Point Games in Darlington because they definitely do support Legacy and run a, a monthly, uh, usually like a winner box. And that's always good. Always has decent attendance. But as that's far sweet. as like the FNM level goes, nobody kind of supports it anymore so we figured there's a bunch of us that have these really expensive decks that we want to play so let's just let's just do something 
That sounds great. Yeah, that's really, really cool. That's, that's that's what I mean. Like that's where Legacy thrives. It's just the people just wanting to play the format for the love of the format. Yeah, and not trying to break standard or trying to play the best tier one modern deck to win tournaments. Absolutely. Just trying to have the most fun possible. Yeah, I, th- I think that's as long as people have that attitude towards the format, it's it's never going to go away. Like you know, Star City Games can can drop it from their tour and replace it with modern and replace modern with Pioneer or whatever whatever they're doing. Um, doesn't matter. I've never played in a Star City Legacy event. I'm, I'm sure you haven't. I'm sure most people in the UK haven't. But we're still going to play Legacy. It doesn't it doesn't affect us, and I don't think it affects the the majority of players really. Oh yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Cool. So the format's great. The meta seems really really good. After the Rune Six ban, it continues to be diverse. Uh, GP Bologna seemed really really fun. Uh, anything else to hit on Legacy before we move on? Nope, it's just it's great. It's great. Give it a go. Sick. Cool. So to another format. Yeah, another format that I'm loving at the moment. It's pioneer band time once again. Yeah, we actually get to you know, sort of talk about it as it happens, I guess. Yeah. So after a fashion. It was yeah, they announced yesterday on December second that Pioneer does get some new bands. Uh, this week we have Once Upon a Time, Field of the Dead, and Smuggler's Copter. Yes, to the surprise of basically no one. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think these were all cards that we'd called in in weeks past, and I I think this is so. This is something that I, I've been seeing quite a lot online. Like they'll announce some bands in the format, and then you'll get a vocal minority of players who don't follow the format complain about, oh, Smuggler's Copter's banned. They've banned like the card in my deck, or. Oh, they keep banning cards in this format. I'm never going to buy into it. I'm never going to play it. But if you actually like follow the format, I feel like it's very easy to see what's busted and what just needs to go. And you you follow anybody at like the who's playing at like a high level, like like the arena deck lists guys. So like Jerry T and Brian Gottlieb, uh, and even yeah, like like Todd Anderson. Like they they seem to have a complete understanding of the format and. If you follow their content, it's very easy to see which cards are probably going to go next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's true in a lot of formats and a lot of people just being like, oh, they banned my card. And like a lot of people bought into Splinter Twin. Then again, the Splinter Twin I don't think is a great example. So people yeah, that bought into I, like the original version of the Amino Titan deck yeah, with Summer Bloom, it's like, why are you buying into that deck? It's clearly busted. <laughs> yeah. Like, this just makes no sense to buy into that deck because it's clearly going to get banned. Um, I think people that are buying into decks that are clearly going to be abandoned they seal their own fate I guess yeah I think with this especially the fact that they've been so open and honest about bans as well they've said that we're going to aggressively look to ban cards that we think are, are a problem um, and they've obviously they, there's a lot of Pioneer being played on Magic Online, Online so they're going to have a lot of data so it's not just like you know, what are the, the popular cards, what are the cards that are showing up the most, but it's it's what are the cards that are showing up the most and also have the highest win percentage. Yep, absolutely. But I mean, I mean, it feels kind of bad for me. I just pretty much finished building the Soulflare deck Yeah, that was playing once upon a time. So I'm going to see if that deck's actually viable once you don't have a way to just find your Soulflare. Yeah. But I mean, that's I mean, also a decision I've made. I own I owned the once upon a times anyway. Yeah. The Soulflare card's probably still kind of usable. That deck's really fun. So it's not that bad. Yeah, agreed, definitely, and it it might just be that thing where, like, oh, they've banned this card, so now that just opens up four slots in your deck, which you, you were playing this arbitrary card. Yeah, it's probably just traverse the other world, to be honest. Yeah. 
That seems really good. You just rebuild it slightly so you can enable Delirium better and you just play Trials the Open World. That seems really good. Yeah, there you go. Sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, like you want to put cards in your graveyard anyway with that with that Soul Flayer. And mm-hmm. yeah, Traverse is is a great card and it probably probably is a really good replacement for once upon a time in a lot of decks. Yeah, absolutely. There um, you go, solve the format. Excellent. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. I mean I was playing one Traverse anyway, just as a sweet one off, but that's about my deck specifically. I also had a team of Golos ramp deck that was like ramping into Eldrazi, yeah. and obviously was playing Field of a Dead. And now I don't get to play Field of a Dead in that deck. Yeah, but that but was, that was going to be like, obvious though, right? Yeah, it was going to get banned eventually. Um, if anyone wants to buy a playset of French uh, Field of a Dead, <laughs> please, please let me know. Um, Champs de More, I think they're called. Thanks. Um, but yeah, I think all of the bands are very reasonable. The thing, but there's not much to say about it because it's just like it's, it's a big shakeup. Like three cards banned in a format is normally like a big talking point, but yeah. like this time it's just like, yeah, all those cards, three spells are busted and should shouldn't be printed. And once upon a time was a mistake and shouldn't it be printed at all. Yeah, uh, Smuggler's Copter proved itself just to continue to be too good. I mean, at the start of the format we were like, I don't think it's good enough, and then <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't because like like what are they yeah. gonna attack and loot once or twice? While you just combo off and kill them on turn three or turn four, like yeah, in the face of the the ley line of, of abundance deck and the yeah. cat deck, like it was just so embarrassing. But that's proved itself to be a little bit too good for the current shape of the format. Yeah, definitely. I think it was it was the mono black deck specifically. It was very good in that deck, and the fact that yes. like you could just screw it with Nightmark and look out for value, like if the game came to a stall for whatever what reason. A, what a bad card! <laughs> yeah, yep. what a bad what a bad card that broke a format. Yep. <laughs> so funny, and then yeah, Field of the Day is just again, just probably a mistake. I, I think I don't think Field of the Day is a mistake. I just think uh, it it doesn't wasn't. have any answers. It's, it's yeah, just the same problem with Titan Standard. Like, there's nothing that answers it efficiently or cleanly. Even when you you throw in a bunch of cards from a couple of sets past. It, yeah, they also they didn't intend that to be a standard card. I guarantee. Yeah, they intended it to be a fun a fun commander card that you should play, and then maybe it makes like. One or two of in like Primeval Titan decks or Scapeshift decks yeah. in, in older formats. It's but, almost, yeah. almost like it should have been in that Lands Matter Commander deck. Yeah, that's the thing. They could have printed it there and go, oh, this is a sweet card. <clears throat> but I mean, I mean, I, I got my foil for my Commander deck for like £2 before anyone realised it was good. Yeah. And now it's worth about £2 again. So <laughs> that's okay. Go. Yeah, it's okay. But yeah, all these bands are perfectly reasonable. All the cards. Smuggler's Copter, I mean, like, cards being banned in Standard, then being banned in Pioneer doesn't feel completely out of the question. Yeah, Same with Fellow Guardian. And the other two cards that are banned were just sort of mistakes. Yeah. Um, I think now it's just, it's time to sleeve up Nexus of Fates. Yeah, I fully agree. I think now, for at least a week, like, probably, hopefully, only just a week, we, we live in Nexus of Fates world, and whether or not it'll be Nexus of Fate or the crew time that gets the axe next week, I, I can guarantee one of those cards will be going. It should probably just be Nexus. Uh, it probably should just be Nexus, but I I think there's an argument for, for either of them. It's possible. I think Dig Through Time's fine outside of Nexus. I, I think, like, Dig Through Time... Because, I mean, Dig Through Time in that deck just is just Demonic Tutor. Yeah. Because it, like, almost always finds your Nexus, especially when you're going down the game and your deck is mostly Nexus of Fate. But... I think that's yeah I think Nexus is the card that needs to go it's just too good so sleep it be Nexus of Fate while you can if you've got any events coming up before Monday please play Nexus of Fate because it's just that good Yeah. and then I assume it'll be banned this week if not next um, and it's just, it's just that's the best card to be playing currently I think 
Yeah, again, it's just like, here's a here's a notoriously problematic card that has been printed in the past two years. Yes. It'll probably right. just get banned. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just, it, the card's too good, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, again, people are just like, this is going to get banned, so don't buy into them, but if you own them, sleeve them up. Yeah. Or, you know, them. it's that thing, like, yeah, if you have a tournament this weekend, buy them, play them this weekend, sell them on, it was close to, as close to before the ban announcement on Monday as possible. Sell them that evening, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think they also did mention in their article that they're looking to, in the new year, move in line with the regular ban announcements for yeah. the other formats. I think that's sweet because this, this, I think this balance is now getting to the point where it looks like how it should. Yeah, definitely. I think you add Nexus Effect to it, and then potentially Oko. But then again, that hasn't been a problem so far. But we have to see now that Field of the Dead and Smuggler's Copter are gone. Yeah, definitely. How good the Oko decks possibly are, but it looks it looks sort of how a reasonable ban list for this format should be going forward. So then moving to bans every month or how often bans are these days. Yeah, I agree um, definitely, and um, I, I would much rather they, they do it this way. So I, I really like the way they've been banning cards in this format, and I, I'm so much happier that they've done it this way than go like. Oh, here's a list of cards that were banned in standard at the time. So these cards are banned in Pioneer, and like you would have Etherworks, Marvel, and Emrakul, which mostly just kind of seem a bit rubbish in this format. Yeah, they seem very bad. I don't think Aetherworks Marvel is good in any way. I yeah. will just continue to hammer home the point I made a couple of weeks ago, whenever it was. Aetherworks Marvel, like when you hit an Anugin or you hit an Emrakul, it feels broken, and then the rest of your deck is just absolute chaff. So yeah, agreed. Shouldn't be playing that deck. Cool. Anything else you want to say about Pioneer? Well, I think that's a bit covered. It's a pretty easy topic to cover. Good yeah, bands are good. It, it's great. I think, yeah, for the next week, we probably live in Nexus of Fate's world. Uh, did mm. you see the deck that won the PTQ? Oh, no, I didn't. Mono White Knights. Oh, yeah, there's like the, well, it was playing once upon a time, the Selesnia deck. Yeah, right? yeah, well, yeah, Selesnia, yeah. It was playing, yeah, like History Benalia and Benelish Marshall and stuff. And then it was it Heron's Grace Champion, was it playing that card? Yeah, the two green white card. Yeah. Yeah, um, that deck looked miserable to play, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I think it was fantastic medical. I think the person who I can't remember who was playing it, so apologies for that. But uh, yeah, I think the person playing it made a fantastic medical and obviously did very well with that deck. And I think that's cool. I think that's that's if you want to play an aggro deck post like Smuggler's Copter Ban, then that's something to look at. I think definitely. Yeah, it just seems really boring to play. Honestly, yeah. there's very little play to it. It's just make make some creatures kill you. Yeah, which is fine. But yeah, if you can. I guess you just cut the once upon a time because they were just there because they were a good card. Maybe collector company is a way to go with that deck or something like that. But just a linear. Yeah, record, I fully agree there. Just yeah, replace it with Coco and th- th- see that that's another card and notoriously, notoriously troublesome. While it was in standard, that I, I feel like they might have put that on a preemptive ban list, and it's just, nah, it's just not doing anything here. It'll have its day. Oh yeah, it'll, it will have its day definitely. We'll I think the rally decks are. Uh, like less bad than people think they're. Yeah, I, I agree. Cool. There's just there's just more more broken things that you can be doing currently, and absolutely when there are more broken things, it is correct to do those things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I guess there is one last thing I want to touch on before we go this evening. Yep. And that is that is something negative because it wouldn't be our devastation without a big negative, would it? No, but normally it's me, and this time it's going to be you. Yeah, definitely feels like a bit of role reversal, but. I mean, I definitely certainly have some opinions on this yeah, also. <laughs> I think quite a few people agree with me on this one. But yeah, I guess this week I just wanted to highlight Star City Games and the just the bizarre atrocity that is now their website. <laughs> atrocity is a hell of a word. <laughs> it's it's the truth, though. So Star City Games updated their website last week. 
Mm. Uh, I use the term updated loosely. The the front page or the the splash page or whatever looks looks pretty good to be honest. I'll give them that definitely. It looks kind of like what a website in twenty nineteen slash twenty twenty should look like. Uh, everything's all nice in there. You've got a section for the events, the shop, the news, premium. Uh, they've got a nice sort of videos section and everything's there. Everything's where it should be. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the website is is just practically unusable. Oh, yeah, it's awful. So they've they've changed the they've changed the way their their store works. So I I don't even know what what they were going for. You you, you search for a card. Previously, it would bring a list of of all the cards with that name, and it would all be nice and easy to read, and nicely organised. And now it just brings up like multiple pages of just irrelevant results and pictures, and everything's out of stock, and all of the prices are all over, like all, all like the different conditions of cards are all over the place, and it's just it's just bizarre that they would put what was quite probably like just the best and most convenient singles website like why would why they would revamp it like this and then put it up in the state it's in yeah it's the thing it's just like you you search for a card and then random other cards that feature one of the words in the card you were searching for turn up yeah normally in like italian foil for some reason in played condition yeah whereas like yeah the um the previous the, the previous iteration was just like the best way to find the prices for cards because it was all listed really nicely exactly what you wanted came up and you had like the different conditions of everything yeah. and it would be listed in a, a nice neat little list with all the languages coming down at the bottom and then uh, yeah now it's just awful yeah so you, you let's say you want to buy a Wrath of God so you type Wrath of God in at the search engine and then the, the search results are f- sorted by relevance so the first card at the top of that list for Wrath of God is a foil glimpse the sun god from Born of the Gods. Great, that's exactly the card I wanted to buy. Yeah. And then underneath that, it's God Favored General. And then underneath that, it's Mogus, God of Slaughter. Of course it is. So actual factual Wrath of God just just doesn't appear on the page until, like, page eight. Yep. You have to wait for, like, seven pages of, of cards that are completely irrelevant. And it lists, like, it seems to list, like, all of the cards from Born of the Gods because it has the word God in it. Yeah, that's what it's like. It's what it does on some on some sites, like some UK sites. You type in the card name, and it'll show you the cards you want. So, say you type Wrath of God, it will show you all the Wrath of Gods, yeah. and then afterwards it'll start showing you cards from Born of the Gods and stuff, which is like a fun little quirk. But at least you get to look at the card you want. Yeah. But now, like this happening on this on on Starzy Games, which is like the premier website for checking prices and looking at cards, um, and you don't even get to see Wrath of God on the first page yeah. results when you type in the words Wrath of God. <sighs> it's pretty poor. I mean, I, I can only imagine it's because because their website was down for like six hours the day they updated it and I can only imagine it's because they planned to update it properly and then it was taking longer than they expected to do so then the site had been down too long they were probably they were losing money losing traffic so I guess they just had to put the site up yeah. just in the state that it was in and the state that it was in was not like, this can't be what they intended this can't be the re- like what they wanted their website to look like it must have been implemented incorrectly and oh, now they really don't have time much. they don't have time to take it down again yeah, because then they just lose more money and more traffic. It just it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I, really like when you when you explain it like that, then yeah, sure. But realistically, there's no reason why, like you know, what like at least a week later, they couldn't have just reverted the the store back to their old one. Like keep the front page the same and and have the rest of the back end just the way it was in the old you know the old website. Or if that wouldn't work for whatever reason just revert back to the old website put out posts on social media saying oh you've got a new site coming it's still 
not quite ready, but you've given everyone sort of a, a sneak peek of what it's going to look like. Yeah, it, I really hope they just they just just completely they the... like they had they had what was the best the best like arguably the best site. It was so easy, it was so efficient, it was very user friendly. It's the point where like the you know the the mo- one of the most common or easiest ways of sort of determining a, a card's value for the UK market is has been for quite a long time to just go half SCG in pounds. So you look up the card and slot at your games, slash it in two, change the dollar to a pound sign. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people, myself included, that pretty much overnight just have, have dropped that long standing method of pricing cards because it's just it's just it's not efficient anymore. Like it takes too long, it's just it's not worth the time. Where you can just go to another site. You can go to Channel Fireball and and look at their prices. Their their website is much better now. Uh, you can just just use Magic Card Market like you probably should do in the UK. Yeah, I mean that's thing. It's an inconvenience for us, but I imagine it's losing Star City Games a lot of money because people can't be asked. Yeah, definitely. It to just troll through that. Seems like that they've just shot themselves in the foot, and I don't understand why the website is still up the way it is. Yeah, why have they why have they changed the stock bit? That's the thing. That bit didn't need changing. I mean, the whole website didn't really need changing. Yeah. Um, I think it's also reasonable to touch on the fact that premium just doesn't exist now. Yeah, I know there's, there's a big issue with Star City Games Premium. Um, you know what they're what they're doing and how they're structuring their their premium content and all of that stuff aside. Uh, you, I mean, it seems to be that most people can't actually access the premium articles on the website at all now no i can't the thing i've seen from quite a few people like you just can't log in you can't access that part of the site so there's all these articles from great content creators around relevant formats that people really want to read and their content's great their content has always been great and um, i assume continues to be great but we can't see it yeah so like i'm you know we're paying five dollars a month for yeah. this content and every other every other site is free oh i've managed to log in it's actually let me in okay oh, wow. so let me see if i can read the, read the article yeah now it seems to work this certainly wasn't the case yesterday. It certainly wasn't the case the last few days. I know it was much, but it just means a lot of content wasn't being viewed. People were paying for it. Yeah. Um, now it seems to work. So that's one thing that they've that they've uh, at least corrected. But, um, but yeah, the, the front page looks really good now. Absolutely. But the like the page for singles and for product is just so poor. It's so bad. Yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, that's just it's, it's annoying. I imagine they're probably losing quite a bit of money from this because it, make, it makes my job harder. Yeah. Because part of my job is buying cards and pricing cards and selling cards, and I can't. I, I like we had someone come in the other day trying to trade in loads of cards to trade for some Jason Mind Sculptors, and we just could, it took so much longer to find prices for cards that they were happy with because normally it'd be like, oh, we'll just chop that in half for ACG, and that'll be the amount of store credit you get. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, that's that's pretty reasonable. Which so many I had to like go to Channel Fireball, who obviously have slightly different prices to there. I had to compare it against, um, against card market stuff like that to find a reasonable price to buy in for because yeah. we don't have a set buy list and it's just like it just makes makes everything so much more difficult it just wouldn't it wouldn't be such a problem if it wasn't so great before and just like the best site to be using yeah yeah that's it i, I don't see who who it helps having the or like yeah like who it who it benefits having the site up in the state it does it is no do they just not have uh select content anymore has that just gone away with i, I honestly I, I don't know because there's just there's just the premium there's premium and then there's there's the news and then there's videos yeah that's it so they don't have the select articles anymore i guess that explains why they're cutting off certain content creators from yeah, my hmm. yeah it just seems like a, a really weird move honestly it doesn't make any sense but here we are i guess Hopefully yeah, I, mean, I, I, just, I, I don't know i don't know 
it's not good. It doesn't seem good for anybody. It, it seems like it seems like Star City Games were, you know, this time this time this time last year they were, were the the absolute premier, and most of this year have been sort of the, the premier in in all things Magic. The the SCG tour is, is absolutely fantastic. They've they've had some amazing breakout players this year. Their content has, has been great, and yeah, they they put on fantastic events and have amazing commentary and coverage consistently but I, it's, I don't know what's happened in what seems like the past month it looks like there's been some some big shake-ups and I don't know what's going on but I, I hope it ends up being a, a net positive yeah I hope it will be I mean we'll just have to wait and see I guess which is a problem but you know here we are yeah oh, well, there's plenty of other sites you can use sites that have excellent free content and yeah that's okay We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We're not the only ones. Everyone's been complaining about it. It's been a whole thing. And they were, they were saying, they were responding to all the things with all the people complaining about stuff, saying, oh, these are just bugs. And it's like, well, they haven't sorted the bugs out yet, the supposed bugs. And they didn't seem like bugs. It just seems like you uploaded a site that you didn't want to upload yet because it wasn't ready. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Yeah, it definitely seems that that would be the explanation but I, just, I don't know why they're not fixing it no I imagine they can't afford to take the site down anymore it can't be difficult or take long just to revert back to what it was I, I can't imagine I can't imagine the code drop for their for their site is is that big or whatever system they use would prevent them going back to, to the old way no because the, the, the coding for their stock should just be on an external program or website and it just gets loaded into the Star, to Star City Games with whatever face they use and it just looks like the face they're using is crap. But it, yeah, it shouldn't take that that long or that much work to just revert it to back how it was and just work on it. Yeah, work on it when you can. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It's it's pretty it's pretty disheartening. But it's something that I'll definitely be keeping an, an eye on. And you know, it wouldn't be our of devastation if we didn't end on a downer. Absolutely not. <laughs> we need to do it every every week. Yeah. So on that note i guess it is pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch and share your feelings about all things legacy are you interested do you think legacy's dying do you feel inspired by the fantastic 600 600 1600 um, person main event uh, that we had at the weekend and you want to give it a go or let us know your feelings about pioneer star city games anything else come get at us on social media on twitter we are at hrefdcast facebook.com slash hrefdcast or on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash devastation. If you've enjoyed anything you've heard in today's episode and would like to give back in any way, tears start from as little as $1 there. That is roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. You can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. And if you, if, wherever you're listening to it, you can uh, give it a like or a, a subscription or a comment or a review. That would really help us out, or just tell people about it. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, if you want to find me on my own personal social media, I'm at Peach Garden Oaf on Twitter, that's O with an F. On Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. I'm sure I'll be talking some some pioneer at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at, at snail69. Nice. Thank you very much. Uh, it's just the same stuff it is every week. <laughs> it's me slowly going mad on the internet. Yeah, give it a fortnight and it'll either get much better or so much worse. Oh yeah, 11 days time from when we're recording. Whew, it could be a lot worse or it could be a lot better. Yeah. My money's on worse. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. So. Uh, and on that note, uh, once again, the Godfarer has returned. We're approaching the second hour, so we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation. 